Hello, and welcome to the Spark to Flame podcast. <laughs> we are Rob and Cassie Shaver, and we've created this podcast to help marriages because we love people and we love marriage, and we want people to have better marriages. And it's sad, really, how badly people want to have a good marriage, but then don't give the time required and the attention to nurture a healthy relationship. Right. People put their marriages on the back burner and then wonder how things went wrong. So don't do that. No. Listen to us for the next 30 minutes. And our aim is to provide you with insights, ideas, and inspiration for a better marriage. This is season number two of the podcast, and though we think very highly of season number one, we hope that this season is even better. The biggest change in how we are doing each episode is that we are picking one theme and sharing three ideas connected to that theme. Right, or three insights, or three inspirations, or some combination of ideas, insights, and inspiration. Today's theme is newlyweds. Which is not surprising if you read the title of today's show. But that's actually one of the biggest reasons we changed to this thematic format, because when we uploaded the shows and then had to title them, I could never figure out (laughs) how to tie these three random topics into just one easy to understand concept. So really, it's just so Rob can make a better title and have an easier job there. Either way, here we are, and we'll be talking about newlyweds today. But hold on, don't turn this off if you're not a newlywed couple. We believe that just as newly married people can grow from the wisdom of couples who have been together for long amounts of time, older, more seasoned couples can also learn a lot from new couples. So here's how this episode's going to go. We It was kind of actually prompted by a couple of things. Uh, a, in January, we went to a, a good friend's wedding, and so we were thinking about that. And then right at that same time, I got an email from a group that I am connected with called mm-hmm. Prepare and Rich, and the email said, hey, here's our five top blog posts from 2022. And one of them was called the four arguments. So four mm-hmm. four arguments that newlyweds get into. Mm-hmm. Like more, most common. And yeah. so we'll kind of flesh <clears throat> just quickly through those later on in the podcast. But first, uh, we will share one piece of advice we think would be good for newly married people to hear and apply. And there are probably lists and lists and lists of things we could share here. Uh, And the two we are going to share might not even be the most important things, but we'll share them from our perspective and give a little explanation as well. Okay, so Cassie, of all the advice in all the world, (laughs) if if you're going to just pick one thing and share that to the newlyweds out there, what do you think that they need to hear? I did think about this for a little bit before this podcast. I decided it was... To prioritize your spouse. Okay. I agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you would. All right. Well, tell us more. All right. Well, uh, it is one of the first lessons I learned in our marriage as a newlywed. I think I prioritized our relationship and the time I spent with you before marriage more than I did after marriage. So I don't know if it's just because I assumed since we lived together And, you know, that that was enough and our understood love for each other and the natural time we'd be together would be enough to keep us close. But anyway, I was quickly working three jobs, if you remember, that totaled well over 60 hours a week and sometimes more. And then on top of that, I'm a yes person. So I tend to say yes to everyone and everything that is asked of me or needed of me. Uh, But at the time, I think I did that to everyone except for you. Uh, so yes, except for me, except, except for Rob. For Rob, poor Rob. I just tended to put 
you on a back burner. I tend to put him on a back burner, not intentionally, but I just assumed you'd understand and be okay with it. Except you weren't. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was it was tough. It was a tough time. And I remember that because you have all of these high expectations of, you know, actually the opposite happening. And for me, you know, like we're going to marriage. We had been spending quite a bit of time together, but we didn't live with each other. And um, so it's kind of like, okay, now we're going to be married. Right. And so like all like this morning time that we didn't have, we get that together. They're like some, you know, there's day I can come home from lunch and like, and we can have lunch together and things like that. And so there's all this kind of like these high hopes and expectations and it's not just um, in this case that those things weren't met. It was that there were days or weeks that the opposite seemed to be happening. Mm-hmm. Like I was the last person you wanted to actually be around, which is the easy way to interpret it. Right. right. And I remember you voicing your feelings and observations to me, and I appreciated it. I remember at first being kind of like, what? We spend so much time together. But when I actually started to think how overwhelmed I was with everything and all the obligations and that most of those things were for other people and not my own husband. I started to realize how many of our planned dates or times together, sometimes I would even dismiss those even though they were planned because a conflicting thing would come up. And so I think just while I assumed you would excuse it and be the one that forgave it and you did, I didn't realize how much you and I both missed being together and how detrimental that was to our new relationship. So, and now I'm looking back, you know, we're 17 and a half years married and realize it's as much or even more important now to it's make a, those times. It's actually more like 17 and three quarters. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, see, definitely um, sentimental guy. You can see that. And, and hopefully when you're listening to all the things that we say today, you're going to, no matter where you are, if you're a newlywed, that's, that is the, again, the focus. We're kind of thinking like, what advice would we give to newlyweds? Mm-hmm. Uh, but no matter where you are, that you're going to put yourself in those shoes. And that's what I want to do right now is like, definitely you can, you can see where all those things apply to people that are newly married, prioritizing your spouse. There's, there's, Always, especially in the world we live mm-hmm. in, right? There's no shortage of uh, people and organizations and things and devices vying for our time right. and our attention. Mm-hmm. And so when you get married to someone, you say things. And we, I feel like this has come up several times, right, in the podcast, forsaking all others. Right. Right. Yeah. Like this idea of like, I'm going to prioritize you. It's like the vows that you're making is I'm going to put you first. Even above myself. Yes. And here's what happens when you get married. Obviously, you're both coming from different lifestyles, different, you know, obligations, work, play, friends, whatever. And so there's going to be a natural part when you come together uh, that it's not all going to naturally cohesive like glue, just work and intermesh together, right? So there's going to be a natural part that pulls you away from each other and the obligations. Um, And so maybe for those newlywed couples, just trying to find those ways and those things where they can intertwine. So the things you can, you know what, I do this, he can do it with me. Oh, he does that, she can do it with me. And so if you can find some of those things, and, and for those of us that have been married, you know, however many years, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, uh, yes, going back now and saying, whoa, what is in our life that doesn't need to be that we can pull out or declutter our life so we could have those times more together? Yeah, that's so that's a huge thing is like what what it might be in our marriage and our lives that doesn't need to be. 
But then there's the other things mm-hmm. that do need to be, yes. right? And that uh, so like when I'm thinking of marriage now and things that are the biggest pulls on Rob and Cassie time, mm-hmm. it's kids, mm-hmm. right? But we can't just get rid of the kids, no. nor do we want to, you know. But well, that maybe it, for a few hours. But that's the know. that's the reality of it, is right? Like. And those are things that you see is sometimes you see a couple that they're madly in love, they're mm-hmm. doing great, and then they have a couple, two or three or four or five kids. Yeah. And then in the rearing of those children, they prioritize that, because we're talking about prioritizing, right. they prioritize that children so much that at some point they look at each other and they're like, I'm not in love with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... Who are you? Like, yeah. we're not even really friends anymore, right. you know, and they get so caught that's up in dangerous, that. dangerous, dangerous yeah. place. And so um, another thing that you see that kind of hits in that newlywed range, oftentimes it would be maybe not right when you get married, but shortly after is buying a house, mm. you know, and then depending on what kind of house you buy and what price point it's at. We've seen that happen to people, right? They're it's just like, a slave to the mortgage right, and their Right, bills. so it's like now we're... We're, uh, I'm working, but now you need to work too. Or we're both working, but one of us needs to get an extra yeah. job. And then it's just like, for the sake of keeping this dream alive, mm-hmm. having these certain cars and this certain house, yard and all of it, you basically yeah. sacrifice the marriage. Again, that's an issue of priorities. Yes. And we'll talk about money in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, so think about that, you know, kind of in your own lives, uh, what... Like Cassie said, what what are the things that might be unnecessary that mm-hmm. are easy to declutter mm-hmm. out of your marriage? And what are the things that might be a little bit more on the necessary spectrum that you just want to right. be making sure you're not prioritizing those things over your That's marriage? That's right. Because you can make some little adjustments or you might have some big ones you need to make. All right. So what about you, Reb? What do you believe people should know, specifically newlyweds, but about marriage? All right. When you look uh, back. Yeah. So there's there's a ton of good piece of pieces of advice out there. Uh, there's things we have learned from others, mm-hmm. things we've read, things we've learned the hard way, <laughs> uh, and that's where mine comes from. All Mostly right. the mistakes that I made as a young newly married man, the hurt that I could see in those those mistakes that caused Cassie, and how it affected our relationship as a whole. Uh, not only that, but since having made those mistakes and learning those lessons. I have seen then other young men. I see myself in them, <laughs> and I just want to smack them. You know? and, but I've seen other men make the same mistakes. I've seen the same look in their wives' eyes mm-hmm. and kind of dread what their nights will end up being. All right. I like how you're being so mysterious about it. What are you building up to? <laughs> All right. Well, it's, it's actually quite simple, and it's just uh, do not make fun of your wife specifically in front of other people. I'm I'm swooning right now. Okay, keep going. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like that. So th- there's a weird thing that happens and and like you said, when you become married married that that changes your relationship. Obviously, it changes your relationship. And so there's always like time to that you're trying to get used to those changes and feel each other out and figure out how you should be. And one way is in public because prior to being married, every time you're in public, it's Boyfriend and girlfriend or fiance, Mm -hmm. but now it's different. Now it's married, like now it's husband and wife. And so even though maybe not a ton has changed, there still is kind of like an awkwardness that can happen there sometimes. 
And the way that a lot of guys, not all, a lot of guys deal with awkwardness is through humor. And so when you're searching to try to find a joke, make a joke, now you know all these (laughs) goofy things about somebody, right? Like all these weird things, the the funny (laughs) way they brush their teeth or the the strange habit they have in the morning. I do snort when I laugh. It's true when I laugh. (laughs) Whatever they do. And, Mm -hmm. And the other thing that changes is... Before you're married, there's a lot of things that you do and say that your significant other interprets interprets as flirting. Right. So, okay, the thing is, though, what you're talking about is not that the husband's trying to be malicious in these situations and tear his wife down, just that he's trying to be funny or engaging with his peers. Yeah. Yeah. But there's definitely like just a certain amount of naivete that is um, involved there. Um, and, and this, and the thing is like the same thing, like if it's just me and you, I can probably bring up this thing that you're insecure about, or this thing that you know is kind of silly about you. And I can bring it up and you can laugh about (laughs) it, it, you know, and like, or we can kind of banter back and forth about it and it's huge. And then we end up kissing, right. right? You know, or something like that. Because we have that vulnerability. We have that safe. Right. And so that can actually, in that situation, um, endear us to each other, Mm -hmm. bring us closer. When when you start, if you do that in front of other people, now all of a sudden that thing that was an insecurity, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was okay for us to talk about it, just me and you, but now I have violated like a line of trust. That's right. You get the look while we're in public and then. (laughs) So I just have seen this. I've seen this. Like I said, I did it a number of times Mm -hmm. and I see other young men, young newly married men do this is they, they, they cross that line and they bring up the thing that was personal, the thing that maybe they knew about but nobody else really knows about, the thing that was okay to talk about just husband and wife or boyfriend, girlfriend. But now when it's brought up in the public setting, it becomes a point of hurt, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, so that, that uh, it just doesn't go over well. So that's my point. That's my big piece of advice. I'd say like, that's just the, the easiest thing to do is the temptation will be there. But if you want to be funny, be funny about something else. Now, you can always throw yourself under the bus, mm-hmm. right? Like, so if I want to be funny and I'm just trying to, and I feel awkward, make fun of yourself, right? Because <laughs> you can't really offend yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you could share too much. Maybe your spouse will say, you, you shouldn't have said all that stuff about yourself, <laughs> whatever. That's a lot better conversation than... Why did you say that about me? Yeah. Right. I told you that, but just for you. Right. 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 So definitely want to um, avoid that. Mm-hmm. Right. So young men and young women too, don't make fun of each other in public. Probably is not going to go over well and usually just makes everyone around them uncomfortable too. Uh, there. So Cassie's advice, prioritize your spouse. Rob's advice, don't make fun of your spouse in public. <laughs> right. Build them up instead. Make fun of your own self. All right. So in just a minute, we're going to we're going to actually share the four common arguments from that article that we mentioned in the beginning of the episode. We want to make you aware of these issues so that you can work them out through civil conversation before tensions mount and words get ugly. Thanks for listening to Spark to Flame. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. So whenever a new episode comes out, you can be the first to know. We've got some exciting and helpful shows coming up, so stay tuned. You also might want to stop by the sparktoflame.com website and blog to read some similarly helpful articles. 
We're on Facebook and Instagram as well. So find us and follow us and help us help you. Okay, Cassie, you've got an article published by Prepare and Rich, which is a counseling program designed to do just that. Prepare engaged couples for marriage and enrich existing marriages. So they have identified four common newlywed arguments. That's right. Four common arguments. For our purposes, we are saying these are four conversations that if you haven't had them yet, it would be good for you to have them. And again, you could be listening and maybe you've been married for 10 or 15 or more years and you hear these and think, we're still arguing about that. Uh, Then you've got some stuff to figure out, but we'll go through them and we'll help you out a bit. And a lot of these are typically premarital counseling conversations, but what we'll do is um, touch on each one and tell you why it's a thing and give you a tip or two for working through it. Here are the four things. One, roles and responsibilities. Two is family. Three is money. And the last is expectations. So roles and responsibilities are a great place to start because most likely as you come together in your marriage and you're coming from different living situations with different arrangements, etc., and starting something new, that's going to be an issue or could yeah. be. Yeah. I mean, when I remember when I was a freshman in college and in the freshman seminar or orientation, in the freshman orientation, they sit you down and they have you sit with your roommate and they give you a sheet that's mm-hmm. like the roommate contract, the roommate agreement, because it's the same kind of thing, right? Like you've got two people that are raised in different ways, different personalities, different mm-hmm. tendencies, right. habits, idea of what they ought to do, of what others ought to be doing, and you're pushing them together. Yeah, and when you have all that variety, the easy thing to do is make assumptions. So since my dad mowed the lawn, my husband's going to mow the lawn. My dad never cooked. He's never going to cook. My mom did the dishes. My wife will do the dishes. And this becomes problematic when you've lived different experiences and thus come to the table with different experiences. And it's probably impossible to lay everything out ahead of time (laughs) as far as like every single role, every single responsibility. Only certain personalities would really enjoy that. Like, let's make a massive 100-point chore list and slap it on the refrigerator (laughs) kind of thing. Some people would love that, but um, maybe it's probably not too hard to identify about a dozen or so things that really need to be handled on a regular basis and figure out who's going to do what or Mm -hmm. who is responsible for what. Yeah, there's a good distinction there because that's probably where these things, even if they are discussed and determined, can rear their ugly heads later on in marriage. Just because someone accepts a role doesn't mean they have to do that thing every single time, but they should be aware that they've accepted the responsibility for it. So um, I I love that. I think that, and we have had this conversation. So why don't you flesh that out a little bit more? Okay. I mean, like in our household, I mainly do the dishes, but (laughs) (laughs) we cannot talk (laughs) Mainly do the I mainly do the dishes. <laughs> like just saying dishes gets you like. I mainly do the dishes. The 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 I mean, in our household, I do the dishes most of the time. So there are times that I'm tired and I don't want to do them, or I'm tired of doing them. But usually, an argument ensues if I leave them and assume that. You will take care of them. Why? Well, because since you mostly do them, a sink full of dishes can, well, on one hand, just easily go undetected by me. Exactly. That's where I'm getting. So because your brain is still processing 
It is not your job or your responsibility. If I want some help, I just need to clearly request that, which I do some nights. Yeah. And just a quick plug here in an, in our episode one of season two, uh, we shared a uh, in a very different context, but using the acronym CAST to help you to make clear requests of each other. So if you haven't listened to episode one of season two yet. You should do that. Go back. Pause <laughs> this episode. One, right. Pause this episode and go right back. That's right. To season two, episode one. Yes. Or read the blogs that we've, a couple we've done. Or that we <laughs> We had great intentions on doing. We'll get to that. We'll get to promotion. <laughs> All right. Um, we, we've lost you. Right. And we apologize <laughs> yeah. for that. So, back to the back example. To example. Cassie's right. doing the dishes. Yes. And she's left a dish full of dishes. And I walked by and I haven't even noticed them. That's right. And she's so. fuming because I'm not supposed to not just notice. I'm supposed to notice them and do them. Because I also made dinner. So no. So a particular night, maybe I've. I've made the dinner. I've had a longer day. I'm feeling like I want to get off my feet. So I could just simply say to you, would you mind doing dishes tonight, please? And you would say. Obviously, I would love to do that. And (laughs) anyone in our family can volunteer to load the dishwasher or scrub a pot. And you probably won't deny us that opportunity. That is true. It's just the reality is we all collectively see the dishes are your responsibility. As the pets are. I look at as yours. Right. So we have two dogs and a bunny and there are days that like, and I, I usually am the one who feeds them. There's days that I go early and I do not feed them breakfast in the morning and I get home and they're whimpering, they're starving, they're <laughs> scratching puppies. at the bag of food. <laughs> no. And sign languaging, like, please feed us, daddy. Um, no, I love my pets. I just assume, though, in this. Because that's my yes. responsibility and my role that I've taken on, that I'm the one that I'll take but care of But I don't mind things. doing And so if, so, so we just need to be mindful of those things. I can't just assume, oh, Cassie will just magically know that I didn't feed the dogs. Right. Or the rabbit, or yes. whatever. And like, it's a great example because that's become a responsibility, like you said, of yours. But it's it was a shared. Uh, but when you don't do it and it's not on my radar, then yes, sometimes there are mornings that were a little hectic. I'll just send you a simple text that says, hey, did you feed the, the dogs or right. the pets? So, so that's a good... Um, so we can keep them alive. That's a good place to stop because I think we spent enough time on this. But... Two, two quick things to wrap this up is this is a great conversation for people who, if you if you are about to get married, have this conversation. Mm-hmm. If you've recently gotten married and you haven't talked through the basic major roles and responsibilities, have this conversation. If you've been married for 10 years and you're still kind of bickering about roles and responsibility mm-hmm. things, just have the conversation. Like lay it out, get those things, be on the same page right. on them. But then that brings up the point that none of these things are just a conversation that you have at a single point in your marriage. Like the roles and responsibilities are evolving and changing. Right. And they might switch, you know, and, and so just uh, you might need them to. You might like with, with like with the dishes thing, you might just get to the point where you're like, uh, it's not like this week if I see another dish, I'm going to die. Like I need five years away from it, you know, like and then so we figure it out, you know, mm-hmm. that's why we have those four kids. All right. So. That brings us to the second mention on the list, and that is family. So this one gets back to the idea of having good boundaries as well as touches on expectations. Again, everybody is coming from a different experience growing up and has different relationships. 
I love my parents dearly, but I don't talk to them often. Someone else might talk to their mother every single day and consider their mother their best friend. Yes. And those that do talk to their parent often as a friend often tend to share way too much about their marriage. So your parent... Side side note. Yes. Sorry. This is a tangent because... I feel very strongly about this, but your parent or parents should not be who you talk to about your marriage. Kind of want to say that again. Your parents should not be the one you talk to about your marriage, more specifically any issues that are in it. So self-promotion. Yes. <laughs> in, a, in a very in a very future, epi- not very future. No, it's going to very, be soon. Very closely future episode. We will dedicate the whole episode to who should you talk to? Yes. I about your marriage, when about you're this. having problems in your marriage, who do you go to? Who do you share things with? So more on that later. Stay tuned to our podcast in future. Not uh, your parents. Rob's intro to this point, all right, can also point back to my newly advice slash thing that I learned. Don't <laughs> prioritize anyone, not even your family, your own children, above your spouse. After all, the two of you became one when you were married. So let's keep it that way. All right, off my... So have some conversations now that hit on some of the main things uh, when it comes to family. Mm-hmm. So like, um, where do we want to spend the holidays? How will we defend each other and take each other's sides when our parents are against us or against our spouse? What kind of boundaries do we need to set so in-laws are not too intrusive? Right. Just get on the same page. And when these issues do come up, you could even have some kind of phrase you fall back on. Like if you're your parents say something that seems to contradict what your spouse is saying. Simply, this is a discussion I'll have to have with Rob, and then I'll get back to you guys on it. If you are a newly married couple, having a period of time even that you stay away from family in the beginning is probably a good idea as you start your marriage. So don't be afraid to set those boundaries ahead of time or talk to your spouse about some of those issues that you know might crop up. Uh, and do it now. All right. So the next one. And the reason is because, I mean, and this is probably true, like like so many people that we talk to, whether it is newlyweds or not, Mm -hmm. a a very big point of stress can be each other's families. Yes. Right. Right. Whether they're too intrusive or just the time kind of dividing between the two. So thankfully, not for us. Right. We have... Amazing. If you're in our family and you're listening to the show, <laughs> we, we want you to know that. Okay. We love you. All right. Next much. on the list is money. Money. Yes. Money, money can money, be tough. Money. This is a conversation you will probably constantly have in your marriage because Rob and I are married 17 and a half years we shared or three and quarters. 17 and three quarters. Yes. And before we married, we were in very different places of how we spent our money. So I think like to introduce this, that it can be anything from if you're a saver or a spender. Who's the saver? Who's the spender in your family? But also what I would encourage, we didn't do this probably till I think about five years into our marriage when we had our first son, our first child, is make a budget. Because I think if you walk through a budget, you both, whether you're coming from your parents' house or probably living on your own at least before you get married, you probably have some idea of what you need to spend money on. So if you even just talk through a budget, that's a lot of times, right, going to hit some of those It's going to hit a lot issues. of the important yes. conversation pieces, certainly. Yeah. And even just like, yes, what what you're going to spend your money on, what subscription, all of those things. I think, right. you know, what are you spending your money on right now before you're married? Because there might be, you know, some activities or hobbies or 
social stuff that you're doing that might change anyway. It's just going to be good conversations to have. What else? And it's, and it's good to have, again, that's a good constant conversation. Obviously there are typically in a marriage. I, I feel like what I heard is, um, and kind of what we experience. one person kind of takes the reins with things right. like, you know, so like becomes the bill payer. Mm-hmm. And so they get all that stuff organized, which becomes a big issue when someone like later on in life, hopefully mm-hmm. it's later on in life, when somebody passes away and then that leaves with somebody saying, you know, or, or Cassie's even made this comment, like, if Rob were to die, I would be completely lost when it comes to <laughs> who to pay, how to pay them. Signing onto a computer. <laughs> all that all that kind of stuff. So um, right. those might be things that would be good yes. too. But, but definitely, I think I love the budget idea. I mean, because not only is it good to have a budget, but that's going to force you to talk about what what are the best places to mm-hmm. put our time and our, our, our money attention that's right. you know and what goes where and it, and it will help with the priorities too because you spend money on things you prioritize lastly on the list of four arguments that are common to newlyweds that we say these are four conversations you should have so they don't become an argument and that is expectations it's mm. a good one yeah expectations. So, I mean, and this, this really becomes kind of an all, all inclusive type of thing. Cause when you're newlyweds, I mean, you're looking at the whole marriage ex- like, what do I expect out of this marriage? But then from there, okay, what are like the five or six things when it comes to marriage that I just expect? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a great thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of different things um, where people are probably not on the same page. Yeah. When it comes to expectations. So there's like little things we talked about. You're coming from different homes. That could be uh, the roles and responsibilities, how we interact with family. Those are all expectations mm-hmm. that you're bringing to the table. It could be like, uh, what time is dinner? Yeah. You know, right. like uh, I, I grew up and we ate it. We ate late, but maybe Cassie grew up and they ate early. So then what time are we going to have dinner? Well, we're going to each just automatically expect mm-hmm. it to be lining up with what we grew yeah. up with. We expect to take a family vacation every year. We expect to... You know, whatever those different things, go to church every week together. Mm. Um, those are big things Do we things expect that... to name our first son yes. <laughs> after the man, after the husband? Right. So those are some <laughs> of the bigger things looking in a marriage in general. But also, I would venture to guess that if most of you thought about your arguments, whether you've been married, you know, engaged, married a couple of years, married 25, 30, 40, 50 years, that most of your arguments were because somebody went into a situation with high expectations or different expectations. And then the last thing with expectations is just to know that expectations are another thing that are going to change. Right. And so that should be communicated. So if all of a sudden I expect something different of you uh, or I am going to change, like if if there's some expectation of me Mm -hmm. and I've been meeting that expectation, but I'm not not going to be able to meet that expectation mm-hmm. any longer. Like those are all good points to communicate on when you get later on in, in life and marriage, right? Like, so those are good conversations to wrap things up completely for this episode. We want to encourage you in a couple ways. Think back to the advice that Cassie gave to prioritize your spouse, the advice that I gave to not make fun of your spouse in public. And then these four conversations and just like, is there one thing that really popped out at you when you listen today, they said, like, this is something that I would love to just talk about with my spouse. So that'd be one thing. 
Uh, that's that's the tough challenge. Mm. And then an easier challenge would just be the question of what advice would you give to newlyweds? Like it, So if you've been married for a while, what have you learned along the way that if you were going to talk to somebody who's just getting married, you'd say right. this to them? And if you are a newlywed, you have already learned some really important things. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to newlyweds? Or what advice would you turn around and give to the, the couple that's been married for that's 15 right, years? That's right, or yourself say, hey, 20 years. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, this is what we've learned. Take this advice. Yeah. You know, whatever that might be. Don't forget. So that is, this is Spark to Flame. And may your sparks turn into flames.